Hi and welcome to another episode of Magical Match, a place to hear about real people with real stories around the important topic of stem cell donation and transplants. In each episode, I'll be chatting with donors, recipients, those in supportive roles and people who have been affected by either a personal experience or through another's inspirational story. It is my hope that by opening the conversation around stem cell donation, we can inspire more people to sign up to the Stem Cell Register, offering more hope to those in need. In this episode, I spoke with Caroline Richardson, Head of Fundraising, and Georgina Brooks, Community Events Fundraising Manager, both from DKMS. It was a really interesting conversation, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, ladies, and welcome to Magical Match. Hi, Ginny. Hi, Ginny. Right, so I'm going to go to, I'll go to Caroline first. You're the head of fundraising. So tell me a bit more about DKMS um, and how you came to be in the role that you're in at the moment. So DKMS is part of a global group of charities um, with a aim to register blood stem cell donors in the UK and support them through the donation process to give their stem cells to a patient with blood cancer or blood disorder who are in need of a life-saving transplant. That's essentially what we do. So we register, our, our main priority is to kind of register, retain, motivate those fantastic people that join the registry and uh, initially to, you know, with the, with the altruistic aim of, of donating their, their stem cells to a patient in need, but also who then often turn to, to supporting us in, in the fundraising department and, uh, you know, or, or volunteering, uh, really, you know, sort of get behind and support the organisation. I started at DKMS in 2015. So I've been here eight, nearly eight years. And initially I came for the role of corporate manager, corporate partnerships manager. And within about two or three months, I was promoted to a senior fundraising manager and I kind of deputised for the head of department at the time. And he moved on in 2018 and they uh, they asked me to step up into the, the role because I'd deputised for a few years by that point. And, uh, and I've been leading the fundraising department ever since. So that was early in, in 2018 and the team has, has grown over the last few years and we are a really exciting team I think to work for. We are, you know, we are in the enviable pleasure of working with some amazing supporters and to be honest, DKMS this year is a fantastic place to work simply because it's our 10th year anniversary. Yes. So those... <laughs> You know, eight years I've been, when I started eight years ago, it was, you know, it really was a startup. And, uh, you know, there were lots of challenges that always come with startups. And here we are, you know, celebrating our 10th anniversary this year. The achievements that, that the organisation has reached in, in the last 10 years is pretty spectacular for, uh, you know, for a relatively small organisation still. There's only about 50 of us in that in the whole organisation. And, you know, we are now the largest contributor to the, the UK Alliance Stem Cell Register. So it's been pretty much a bit of a whirlwind, really, because <laughs> everything seems to have been, you know, I look back for the over the last kind of eight years that I've been here and uh, it's been 
pretty crazy most of the time. You know, we, as I say, we've gone from a startup and I really feel that we've like entered a, a new phase in this second decade in the UK um, where we really have understood what we what we do in the UK, where we are leading, you know, the leading organisation, really. You know, we yeah. have fantastic uh, collaboration and support with our other DKMS entities around the world. And yeah, I just think it's a really, really exciting time to to be part of this this movement to you know to encourage people onto the stem cell register. It is life saving, you know, and it's and it's an incredible thing to be part of. And yeah, I I have to say I'm in a I feel I'm in a really privileged position. Wonderful. As such a you know, it is life saving. Let's just say that again because uh, it 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 really is. So um, yeah. I'll go to Georgina now. Georgina, you're doing a a role that is the community and events fundraising manager. Now, how did yes. you come to be at DKMS and how are you finding your role within that? Yeah, so I joined DKMS about three years ago now and I had been a fundraiser of various other charities and like many people, I hadn't really heard of stem cell donation or really knew anything about it until I saw the job role at DKMS. So for me, that was really exciting to be working for a charity doing something life-saving, as you say, that, but that I'd never even heard of. So I started, yeah, three years ago. And my main focus of my role is on challenge events and community fundraising. So people out and about in their own communities fundraising, getting involved in whatever ways they they can, uh, people running marathons, jumping out of planes, all of that sort of stuff. But I also am involved with uh, patient fundraising. So if uh, we are supporting a patient in their search for a donor, then often their family and friends want to get involved in fundraising. And then also uh, things like uh, individual giving campaigns, so sending out uh, emails or uh, doing some adverts, encouraging donations. So I'm I'm sort of involved in in a whole host of things in the fundraising team um, alongside Caroline. That sounds quite extraordinary. I can imagine that's quite a rewarding role to. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm going to go back to Caroline for this mm. one. Can you tell me how or tell our audience how the fundraising process actually works? Certainly. So um, we have, a, a, I think, a very professional setup um, at DKMS in terms of how the fund, fundraising process works. So obviously DKMS is a registered charity. And additionally, we are registered with the fundraising regulator and we also comply with their code of fundraising practice. So, you know, there's very clear guidelines about fundraising and we really take those guidelines and that practice the good practice into the into the heart of our practice and all our team members are also members of the chartered institute of fundraising and as a team and as an organization we are really committed to following the best practice and you know to achieving the highest standards in fundraising so that that the supporters who go out there and do all those challenge events and you know sit in a bath of beans for 24 hours and that sort of thing you know really trust us and they get the support they deserve and they trust that the money is going where it's safe where we say it goes and 
you know, and they can be really confident that that fundraising is going to be a pleasurable experience for them. We work with, you know, sort of accredited uh, third party agencies as well, you know, various uh, fundraising platforms and different agencies that, uh, you know, that, that kind of supply charity places in some of the big runs and challenge events. Mm-hmm. So um, we're kind of surrounded by, by professionals and we offer a really professional, you know, fundraising service. We place supporters at the heart of our journey. You know, it's about them. It's about what they do. It's about the difference they make and the impact that their fundraising has. As a, as a kind of organisation, our four key areas for fundraising are community and events, which Georgina manages, corporate fundraising, trusts and foundations, and then what we call kind of general fundraising. So that's kind of... I guess a bit more of a digital focus. So it, it's people that engage with us through the website and, and appeals maybe that we share on, on our social channels. Those are the kind of you know, those are the kind of four key areas that, that we operate in at the moment. We're we're a small team. There's only kind of four of us that, that directly fundraise and then we have support from, you know, our kind of fundraising finance coordinator who who downloads everything from platforms and makes sure that everything is coded to the right place and everyone is is logged on the system and uh and you know and we can we can kind of really keep a check on how much we're spending and how much you know income is coming in. So it's a really transparent process. Yeah and, and as I say generally speaking it's it's about our fundraisers it's about making that process as simple and as easy and straightforward and fun as it can be for them. And so what sort of fundraising ideas can people who are listening get involved in? I mean can it be the most extraordinary crackers thing or is there a, is there a, a point where you go actually that probably isn't going to work? Do you ever say that or do you do you just encourage, encourage, encourage and bring everybody in doing all sorts of things? Um, I would say we I've never, ever said no, but as long as it's safe, I think that's yeah. the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, main yeah. thing. But no, and if you've got an idea, we will try and work with you as much as we can to, to make that happen. And the things that people can get involved in vary from a local 5K fun run, uh, a bake sale at their community centre all the way to doing three marathons in a month or doing an ultra marathon or jumping out of a plane or doing a whole host of different things depending on your community and your network and the people and events you have access to so yeah our main role is bring us your idea and we'll support you we have some ideas ourselves but and you can get access to places um on these marathons and runs and cycle rides and things like that with us but if you have an idea come to us and we will do do our very best to make it make happen. it happen yeah yeah so when people are coming to do they approach you first you know if somebody's going to run the great south run and they want to run for dkms they can obviously go through the great south run website but can they also approach dkms directly and say i'm going to do this can you send me a fundraising pack yeah so there's a few different ways that that can work so we have access to places on some runs so for example the Brighton Marathon that's coming up this weekend um, we have a few people running in that and we've put like got their places for them 
they're running for DKMS. There's other events that we don't necessarily have access to places on, but the public do. So you can get your own you know, place and then come to us. Okay. But in the first instance, I always always say, if you've got an idea of an event, if there's a particular event you want to take part in, pop us an email or give us a call. We can let you know whether you need to sort of get your own place or we can get it for you. And then from there on, the sort of process is very similar. We'll send you like a fundraising guide. We'll help you set up an online fundraising page, send you T-shirts, balloons, collection boxes, and, you know, all of that sort of stuff that you need. And we'll be there at the end of an email or phone to answer any questions and to offer you some support and then also to celebrate with you afterwards as well you know send you a certificate send you a medal so regardless of whichever way you get your place then we will support you in the same way but in the first instance just reach out to us and we can help you with the next steps fabulous what's the most extraordinary thing that somebody has done i think we've had people do and sometimes it's not necessarily the most like daredevilly thing necessarily. You know, we had people throughout the pandemic that were doing, you know, step challenges for a month. Someone who, you know, who was organizing virtual pub quizzes throughout the whole pandemic and things like that, that, you know, actually take a real lot of effort and were supporting us exactly when we needed them are really important but then we also do have people doing the slightly crazy stuff like someone this month is running three marathons in a month my goodness which is yeah a lot uh, people doing triathlons um i'm trying to think of any any other extreme ones that um but I, none are popping to me we had um someone a couple of years ago who did the marathon de Saab for oh us, yes which is just you What's know, that? that they are crazy. You know, it, it's something like I think it's two hundred and fifty k across the Moroccan Sahara. Yeah, I mean, it is it's madness. Unassisted you know, what, as well. What yeah. possesses anyone to, oh to wake up one morning and say, "Oh, I don't think I've ran across thirty eight degrees," you know, desert before. <laughs> Perhaps I should do that. You know. But um, yeah, it's it's really humbling, actually, sometimes, Georgina, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, we, we go from an extreme like that, somebody who, who is just really putting their body through, you know, through the elements and, and pushing their body to like to extremes, you know, to then somebody who, our lovely Barbara, who crochets and knits little uh, characters and, uh, you know, for us every Christmas. Yeah, you know so there's no one or other that is is better they are both equally just humbling in their own merits and it's you know we we just we're, we're lucky we get the privilege to to work with these people who are so you know committed to supporting the cause really I think I find it quite well humbling is a good word actually to see people who have gone through such extraordinary stressful mm. times to be able to come on board and find the mm. strength and motivation to do such extraordinary things, yes, completely absolutely. wacky. I don't think I can get into, into yeah. a, a bath of beans, but, you know, <laughs> that, that's not quite where I'd be going. But, you know, it, it's quite wonderful to see that, that people are motivated. Absolutely. And, and it's so inspiring, Ginny. It's so inspiring. Yeah. Again, to be honest, shortly after I first started at DKMS, I worked with a guy, I, I'm sure he won't mind me name-checking him. His name is Andrew Gilboy. When I met him, he was on the road to recovery. 
and then he decided to cycle from London to Rome for us and you know as you do. his whole story as you do yeah <laughs> no, yeah I remember going down to you know to Hyde Park uh, one Saturday morning to kind of wave him off on this trek that you know I think took I can't remember. Forgive me, Andrew, but let, let's say it was about 10 to 15 days or something, you know, and he went across the Alps and all sorts of difficult, difficult terrain to, to reach Rome. And as somebody who was, you know, as I say, relatively new to the organisation at the time, and like Georgina, prior to coming here, I had no idea about stem cell treatment in any way, shape or form. You know, just working here had been a revelation by that point anyway. And then to to be working directly and supporting directly someone who had been through so much themselves, you know, and by extension, their family, to then want to punish his body in such a way that had already been punished, quite frankly, in the brutal treatment that he had gone through, you know, to, to ride for us, you know, uh, across across half of Europe, you know, it was pretty spectacular and, 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 you know, just totally inspiring, really. It's wonderful. And what's really touched me there about your enthusiasm for this particular individual and what you're doing is the fact that you said... When I went to wave him off, that has just stayed with me because that's what I find really wonderful about charities like yourselves, Mm. where it's not just we're just doing it and we're handing out things. We're actually Mm. motivating people Mm. um, to do wonderful things. But you're also supporting in such a way that you're actually, you know, you're getting to know your fundraisers and you're right there in the moment with them, which, you know, it's so in- inspiring to hear. It's a funny thing, Ginny, in a sense, because um, in some ways, our, our fundraising at this point, you know, is not is not huge compared to you know the big charities. Obviously, to to enable us to continue the work we do, we need we need to raise funds, and so you know it's really important that that we grow our presence, that we grow our fundraising, that we grow as a team and as an organisation in the fundraising sphere. But the kind of the, the juxtaposition of that is that we almost know all our, all our fundraisers so personally. And there's something so beautiful about that. You know, there is something so, so wonderful about being so close to that point in their lives. Now, whether they're doing it because they've been touched by blood cancer, which is generally speaking the situation that we are in, because I guess DKMS, DKMS's awareness in, in the voluntary sector is not huge. We have a relatively small footprint. And so people genuinely come to us because they have been touched by blood cancer or a blood disorder. And it is, you know, it really is, as, as I've kind of said, a privilege to be able to work with these people because, you know, th- this means something to them, you know. And it means something to us. And the, the beautiful thing about where we're at at the moment, and we will try to, to always maintain that to some degree as we grow, you know, is, is that it's so personal to them and to us. It means something. And that's why I say, you know, we really try to, to work in a way that, that is really supportive of fundraisers you know, to kind of go back to one of your, your earlier questions about, about the fundraising process, you know, we, we don't have chuggers on the street, you know, we don't do door-to-door fundraising, we don't do telephone fundraising, you know, we are very much about working in close proximity with our fundraisers and, you know, and I mean that from a relationship building perspective, you know, because we have fundraisers all over the country, we are, we are you know, spoiled in that sense. 
but you know it's about building those relationships it's about it's about our fundraisers you know really feeling comfortable and knowing that they're supported and that you know not only do they get the the kind of resources that they need to be able to to go off and do these challenges or or, or knitting or whatever it is but it's it's about you know having Georgina at the end of the telephone or at the end of an email and knowing that they can talk to her about anything you know and say like oh I'm struggling with this or you know training for the marathon and these last few you know and that step up in the training has really proven tough and you know knowing that Georgina is going to be be there and, and and have that and have their back is you know is what's really important to us and I hope as we grow that that we don't ever lose that that sense and you know certainly while we're here I you know I can testify that that we will always try to maintain yeah. that as much as possible I think again what's what's coming across here is the huge amount of compassion that your charity your individuals who work for the charity and also all these fundraisers that are uh, coming to you um to do these things there is a note of compassion that is quite uh, overwhelming and, and i think you know to know for anybody who's fundraising to know that it's not just about i've done this and here's some money mm you're doing something because at the root of it all there are people that are dealing with something so difficult um, and that's mm. an understatement uh, and so extraordinary in their lives that they need your help so how many fundraisers make an mm -hmm. approach throughout the year i would say we have a few hundred each year okay. that um, go on, that approach us and then sort of go on to take on some sort of fundraising, whether that's a challenge or bake sale or all of those things that we've mentioned. Yeah, we have a few hundred each year. And do you find that, that a large percentage of those people are people that are connected with a family who, who have been through um, blood cancer? Yeah, I would say uh, almost everyone that fundraises for us has some sort of direct connection, whether that's a family member something personal or someone that they just know in their sort of local area or their community we do have some people that have just you know want to support the, the good cause but um a lot of people are directly affected by blood cancer yeah yeah why do you feel and you can both answer this um if you like um why do you feel fundraising is such a, a crucial cog in the wheel for dkms you know you you have your your donors connecting you have your your families connecting but can you explain the the need for fundraisers, I suppose, mm. and why it's so important? We're a non-profit organisation and, uh, and we don't receive any government funding. We register people and, and essentially that's a, a medical test, you know. We don't ask people, we don't charge, but there is a cost to the charity. So DKMS picks up the cost of the test. So, as you know, when people register with us, it's a, it's a straightforward, simple cheek swab and they send those swabs back to us and we send them off to our lab in Germany and their HLA is tested. And then once they're typed, they go up on the registry and they are, you know, on standby to potentially save a life. The, the money that fundraising brings in goes towards being able to register more people, firstly, so that we can get more diversity on the registry. We can get more people generally on the registries that, you know, so that people with blood cancer and people with blood disorders that, that really need, that their survival depends on finding a matching donor, 
um, have more more chance of finding that person. Secondly, we are you know we are about quality, we're about making those matches the best they can be, so that there is less chance of rejection, and therefore more chance that the outcome is going to be much more positive for the patient. It's really important that we get not only do we improve continuously improve that typing side of it, so that those matches are, m- are more successful and they're they're more frequent, and we can you know address our tagline in some ways, which is you know deleting blood cancer, but also you know it's about raising awareness about getting people on the registry it's about the importance of them knowing that this is something that is in all of us and that you know that if we're aged between 17 and 55 we should and in general good health we should all be on the registry you know that's that's why that's why the fundraising is so important because there are real two elements to it it's about that raising awareness it's about getting the message out there that this is so important and that you know that the majority of people would be able to support this I also think that fundraising can be a really important way for family and friends to support someone going through blood cancer. You know, whilst the immediate family of a patient might be, you know, obviously overwhelmed with with medical appointments and looking after that person who is going through the diagnosis, sometimes the, the cousins, the aunties, uncles, friends, you know, people that work with uh, this this person want to support in some way but once you've registered it can feel a little bit like well what do I do now and fundraising is a really great way that you can take positive action in support showing your support for someone but also supporting DKMS and other people with blood cancer more widely so that's a really nice way that some people get involved of bringing groups of friends together to run a 10k and feel like they're really having a positive impact and supporting their friend or loved one yeah I think there is a tendency to feel quite helpless, actually. Yeah. Um, initially, when somebody you know is going through uh, a, a cancer experience. And I think a, a lot of people do go, what can we do? That's the first thing. Mm. What can we do? How can we help? How do you go about finding a celebrity supporter? Is there a particular route? Do you wave a flag or stand in front of them and stand on a football pitch and go, excuse me? <laughs> How does that happen? I'm just curious now. For us... Celebrity support has generally come from social media, I guess. We have celebrity supporters that regularly repost and and retweet our our patient appeals, especially, or our fundraising appeals. We have also worked with uh, celebrities in the past that, like the rest of us, have had direct contact with, you know, with blood cancer. And those have been incredibly powerful for the for the organization in terms of raising awareness in terms of increasing registrations in terms of fundraising so yeah I, I guess there are different ways and then once you know once the supporters kind of the celebrities has pledged their support really we try to work with them to find out what it is you know in particular that that interests them and how they want us to to kind of keep in touch with them and and the sort of information that that they that they would like to hear and how frequently so we tend to kind of build a bit of a guess, bespoke relationship around what they can give and what they can do and how they can support. Bearing in mind that they are, you know, usually incredibly busy people with celebrity followings and, yeah. and you know, and commitments that they have to address, you know, and, yeah. and comply with. How about explaining the process on um, with regard to corporates and how you work with corporates? So this is one of our areas that we've worked in, you know, since, since kind of fundraising began at DKMS. But 
Um, it's definitely area, an area that we've honed a bit more over the last few years and that we have big plans for in the future. And I guess at the minute, there's kind of three ways that we think about corporates. One is very much based on being mission-led. So, you know, we want to work with companies that align with our mission in some way, whether that be in the medical sphere or whether it be in the matching process, you know. We want to work with companies that kind of align with our our values. And the, the priority for us is very much about working with companies that are very purpose-led. They are mutually beneficial. There is something that it's not just a, you know, sort of CSR box ticking exercise. Oh, yep, we've done our bit, you know. It's really, it's about finding that sweet spot between us and the company where real work happens, where real tangible benefits return to both organizations and where we can really demonstrate impact. And, you know, we are in the fortunate position that we are talking at the moment with some fairly big corporates on that sort of thing. You know, it, we're, we're, we're really looking at how working with them solves a problem that we have that they can help. So that's a kind of a, our, our kind of core pillar, if you like, in terms of our corporate strategy. Secondly, we're kind of industry-led. So we've done quite a bit of work over the last couple of years doing a bit of an audit process of companies that we've worked with or industries that we've worked with. And we found that a lot of them were either related to, to logistics and transport or the automotive sector for some reason. And food and beverage companies scored quite highly as well. So um, we, you know, we've kind of looked back at those and we've, we've tried to work out what the common themes were between them if they were mostly kind of patient-led were they were they companies that you know that that had uh, an employee for example you know that that was uh, being treated for for a blood cancer or if they were you know sort of companies introduced to us by you know family members etc and then we tend to work with those certainly to do a registration event the primary primary goal is always let's increase that pool of potential lifesavers you know so we go into companies and we hold registration events and you know and we register employees we ask the company to make a donation towards that and some of them are incredible and they you know and they cover the whole costs of registration and some of them will donate percentage cost and that is incredible too and so, you know, their support is amazing. And what's fantastic as well is what we're seeing now, kind of eight, 10 years into the charity, is that a lot of companies have also produced donors now. And it's so amazing to go back to, to the company and say, wow, look at you did. You held a registration event in 2016 or whatever. And, and here we are. There's, there's somebody in your workforce that's gone on to save someone's life, you know. So, you know, what we can do can sound a little bit transactional in some ways you know as Georgina alluded to earlier you know once people have signed up onto the register it's a bit like what next you know they're kind of on standby to save a life which is amazing but how can we keep those relationships how can we build on those relationships that's why fundraising is so important because it brings people into the the fold a bit further Mm. but also you know it, it has that effect with companies as well it's that touch point that we can go back to them and say like this wasn't just about people sitting on a list this is something that has now happened this is a tangible thing that has happened mm. and how incredible is that to be able to to say that your company supported something that was literally life-saving it, it is great isn't it because you're bringing mm. people together you're, you're doing something that like you say is is a bit 
transactional you know you you sign yeah. up and then you're waiting yeah. you're sort of you know hanging yeah. around for the rest of your life thinking hmm, yeah. they, am i going to yeah. get a call or not am i going to get the call yeah. yeah and then when you when you have somebody that does then end up going on to mm. save a life or give a family time that is just amazing yeah. and then that motivates everybody again it's like a, yes. a another sort of it, you it go does. full circle yeah. And then yeah, you're starting absolutely. again, going, is there anybody else that wants to sign up? Well, yes, I'll do that. Thank yeah. you very much. You know, just in case, because, you know, yeah. that one time that you think, oh, should I sign up? Yes, please. You should absolutely yeah. sign up because unless you're on the register, how can you help mm. somebody? There's a saying in our family that is you have to be in it to win it. <laughs> absolutely. What sort of uh, what sort of cohorts of people do you aspire to, to be working with um, when it comes to fundraising? I think the area, you know, that really interests us is the whole gaming area. Fundraising mm. via gaming has just exploded in the last few years. And unfortunately, as a 55-year-old, <laughs> I know zero about gaming. I don't know what gaming. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing. And so, <laughs> I, you know, as head of fundraising, I certainly cannot lead my team into, you know, into the gaming arena at all. It's It's the youth of today, isn't it? <laughs> well, absolutely, it is. And uh, I think more so, Ginny, what's intriguing me about it is, I think there's something very exciting about, you know, obviously about fundraising. I mean, I would say that, but it's looking at those trends and at those different, you know, at, at the different areas that fundraising moves into now. You know, I think we're really moving away from that whole put some coins into a box. I'm, you know, that. That will never go away, and, I, and I'm certainly not dismissing it in, in, in any sort of way. But, you know, when we look at the array of things that people can do nowadays and the, the technology that allows people to do contactless or to, you know, to go on a platform and do, and, you know, and, and fundraise really quickly and, and very straightforward way. And the trends in fundraising are, are kind of, it's, it's an exciting arena to be in because you never know what the next one is going to be, you know. So definitely the gaming arena is really intriguing to, to us. I think gaming is quite an interesting mm. uh, avenue to go down. So if there are any companies that are relevant there, please do get exactly. in touch with, with DKMS. Please get in touch with us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What makes a great fundraiser? From my point of view, when we're talking about sort of individuals going out and, and fundraising, it's someone that's happy to shout about it. I shout about it more than once. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so if you know, if you've got a reason to be fundraising for a charity, tell people that reason. Obviously, you might not want to share full details of everything, but if you can make it clear why this is personal to you and why it's important to you that people support this charity, that makes all the difference. And telling as many people as you can, whether that's work colleagues, people at school or or uni or friends family people in your sports club like anyone and everyone and don't be afraid to ask twice as well mm. i think we've all done the thing of you know you get an email or a text from a friend and you think oh yeah i'll do that and yeah. then six weeks later you still haven't done it okay Whoops, so, I haven't, yeah 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 put yourself in in that mindset and ask again and people don't mind and i think that's the main things is being really happy to share your story and shout about what you're doing and not being afraid to give people a bit of a nudge. Um, you're doing a good thing, so so don't be afraid to do that. That's very helpful to know. I, th I think also people that are fundraising, they the story does 
really make an impact, doesn't it? If you have mm, got absolutely. a personal connection to it. And even if you haven't, yeah. you know, you can still use your voice in a very positive way mm. to be able to raise awareness. Mm. I'm really passionate about, and I know there's a, a feeling of like, you know, that this is a very altruistic thing when you sign up to the register, because it, it has to be in some ways. Mm. My feeling somewhere along the line is that it would be so lovely if there came a time where people were talking about it so much and it mm. was such a normal thing to discuss at the table that it just became part of your life when you hit 17 mm. that you went, do you know yeah. what, it's time I did that. And just to be on there and with regard to fundraising you know that's why it's called fundraising it's fun it's fun yeah. to do people exactly. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm going to ask this question now to both of you what is the best part of your job what sort of gets you up in the morning and motivated to get into work as quickly as possible for me it's people it's the people i work with it's the people that we work with you know, it's it's our fundraisers, it's our supporters. You know, you, you mentioned it earlier on, Ginny. You know, you talked about people giving money and stuff. But actually, fundraising isn't about asking for money. It's about giving people the opportunity to feel good about themselves and to experience something that not everybody gets to experience. And that is what fundraising is about. You know, it's kind of just... A, echo what Georgina said people should be extremely proud about fundraising you know and the, the money in a sense is a byproduct of it yeah. yes we expect people to put some put, put some coins in in the box but you know it's actually about making people feel good about themselves and giving them the opportunities to do that you know and that's what gets me out of bed every day because you come in and you uh, you know you you listen to a call or you open up your email and there's someone amazing just like us but who's stood up and said you know what I'm going to do that for them and that is just so inspiring every single day Lovely. very similar answer from me as well I have to say is it is the people that you get to know that's what I really enjoy is there's particularly you know at DKMS the three years I've been working here there's been people that have been doing some sort of fundraising or mm. awareness raising for us for for that length of time and I've got to know them I've got to know you Ginny but also <laughs> you know loads of other people that are doing all sorts of things and you hear their stories you learn about their lives um, you know their mm. families and why they're doing this and you can help them along that journey but also just sort of become a friend in lots of ways you know mm. I've been for a training run with someone who lives locally when they were training for a marathon and got to know them a bit better and all of those sorts of things you make all these relationships and you meet all these people and they're all doing something really amazing so they're amazing people to meet and to get to know mm. and that's really what I enjoy I would I would really miss it if I lost ever lost that part of my role where mm. uh, you know where I was getting to know people on first mm. name terms and getting to know them really well yeah absolutely i mean as head of fundraising i still do hands-on fundraising you know with with our supporters because it's just so important you know from our perspective that we are there that you know that we are there that we're in that that journey with them that we're on that experience with them and it's privilege and it's truly inspiring it feels like a very heart-led daily experience actually mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your time today, ladies, and for sharing your experience of becoming fundraising wonderful people. 
uh, within <laughs> DKMS and hopefully encouraging, you know, more people to start, sign up to the stem cell register, but also encouraging more people of all walks of life, all backgrounds who feel they've got a, an amazing idea. Mm. And even if it's not, somebody else here is going to think it's absolutely incredible to, to actually do something and, and fundraise for DKMS. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed and I'm trusting that by putting this out there that you'll be flooded with uh, with lots of uh, interest. Oh, thank you so much, thank ladies. Thank you so much, Ginny. Thank I've you. really enjoyed thank it. Thank you. And that brings this episode to a close. I'm very grateful to my guests, Caroline Richardson and Georgina Brooks today for giving up their time and for chatting us through everything to do with fundraising. So remember, you can always put the fun into fundraising and remember, you can always sign up to the Stem Cell Register. I hope you found today's conversation both interesting and inspiring. And as a sparkly new podcast, we're looking for guests to share their inspirational stories. And if you have one, we'd love to hear from you. You can follow us on Twitter at Magical Match Pod and do get in touch, please, if you'd like to join me to share your stem cell story. If you've enjoyed listening to today's episode, do like and subscribe to the podcast. And if you have time, write us a review. We'll be back very soon with another new episode. In the meantime, please consider signing up to the Stem Cell Register because you could be someone's magical match. Thank you for listening. Magical Match Podcast is an OB Hive production, originally inspired by a conversation with Andy Mitchell and other like-minded individuals. Magical Match Podcast is hosted and produced by Ginny Walker with audio production by James Walker and music by Cobalt Ocean.